Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Act Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. What are we going to talk about? I, I don't know. What happened? NHL? Maybe talk some hockey? Uh, talk about the Royals' abysmal start? I wish more was going on. Yeah, I wish there was something. It's just so bland and boring. Let me just say this. For those of you watching video, you could see this. But if you're if you're listening, maybe you're out for a nice run or something. Let me just tell you, like someone else who also has a lot going on. The Chiefs have a lot going on right now, and we'll get to it. But right now, I'm looking at my normal hosting partner, Sterling Holmes, who is now dressed. He has shoulder pads in his jacket. He's wearing like some sort of like he's like Crockett or Tubbs from Miami Vice. Uh, he's busy. You're doing real estate right now, aren't you? You're, you're, yeah, I was you're trying to get Lonnie Johnson to let me slang him a home, but uh, he, he didn't respond to my tweet, Adam. Not surprised. <laughs> he was scared. Your real estate attire has me a little bit unsettled because I'm just in my typical like beanie, Hagrid hair, and then you know T-shirt, and I feel like I need to up. My, I didn't realize I had to up my game to hang out with you on one of those like like real estate reality shows like like flipping LA or or like selling KC whatever you got you going look on like there. you sell me $20 grams of weed that's what it looks like like it hey, looks like I, I come to you and you take advantage of it that's what it looks like quite frankly you <laughs> yeah it gives you more credibility so you you run with this today you're the you're the guy all right let's start off with the draft and let's start off with just Looking at it from a big picture, big picture, I am thrilled with what Brett Veach did. Not only did he trade up, and I'm sitting here going, what the hell? Please don't trade up. It wasn't for a wide receiver. My my prayers were answered. He drafted a cornerback, which we have not seen him or this team invest heavily in that position at all throughout his tenure. I was stoked. They went and got a day one ready edge. Whatever your thoughts are on George Karloftis, we'll get to that later, but there's no doubt he can play game one. He addressed all of the needs. The secondary was weak. He boosted that. He got nasty. He has a linebacker now who writes in Sharpie death row on his arms. 
You want nasty? That's nasty. The Chiefs are going to lay some wood next year. They got a lot tougher. No more of the finesse Chiefs of the past. While that worked, they go, you know what? Let's try and get more physical. Let's get younger. Let's get more athletic. Let's get cost-controlled. They've done this offseason to a T, and this draft was a perfection of that method. Man, I'm stoked. Every player, every single player they called, I'm like, oh, great talent. Oh, Andy just happens to fill a huge need. It wasn't like any bonus pick, any luxury pick. It was all like excellent value at the perfect position. I mean, like... like everyone is singing the Chiefs' praises after the the fact, which I will say this: after the off season they've had, this was the draft they had to have. Like, do you feel that way? Yeah, they yeah. had to have it. You see they the AFC West just retool and become an absolute gauntlet, right? And Everyone then Brett Veach goes, "I'll wait." Brett Veach goes, "I'll wait." I know what I can do. <laughs> Traded back to get his wide receiver he wanted. I mean, say what you will. For sure, Brett Veach could have said, you know. He's not going to say we didn't want Sky Moore, right? He's not going to say we would have been happy with any three of those guys. He's going to sing his praises and say we wanted Sky. But end of the day, that means he was at least comfortable with him at that spot, traded back, was able to get and recoup another pick. I mean, I am fucking stoked. Whatever you say about PFF, right? Where If you are a pro football focus hater, if you're a supporter, I think it's a at least good jumping off point, right? That's at least yeah. a tool, not the tool, but a tool you can use And if you like pro football focus, you are absolutely thrilled because they think the Chiefs just nailed this one. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm I there is so much great value at each spot. There's so many great guys here that I just think are going to be so pivotal for years to come. Um, And now, I mean, it just took like for me, the secondary went from, boy, we're pretty thin here to, boy, we're going to be young and deep for years. And the linebackers went from, well, we got a talented duo who are going to be in there a lot too, to, is this a top three linebacking core in the league? I mean, because now there's so much youth and it's like, oh, we love Nick Bolton so much. We drafted a, a battering ram version of him, you know, a blitzing version of him as well. I mean, like, um, yeah, there are still questions. We'll get to all this stuff. But yeah, I'm feeling good. You're feeling good in a loaded AFC where the Bills, the Browns trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, Miami trades for Tyreek Hill and gets Taron Armstead. I mean, there's so there's so much, but the Chiefs still have to feel like, oh yeah, they can get this done. This roster is good. And I, I do want to say I understand. I don't want to be someone who is just so optimistic that I am blinded because again, while we are Chiefs reporter, whatever you want to say, we're still fans at the end of the day. And it's tough to sometimes take those blinders off. These guys have not played a snap yet. They've not. But based on what we have seen, based on draft outlooks and prospects, this was incredible. You've not seen one person come out and just absolutely hate on the Chiefs, right? Every single person from A to Z is out here saying the Chiefs nailed it. And that's that to me is just so incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It, here's the scary thing for other teams. The Chiefs, when they when they sign Orlando Brown Jr. to an extension, they're going to have so much money for this year, as well as 10 draft picks for next year already, that they're going to be able to look at anyone, any tooth that's remotely wiggly in the mouth of the NFL. That's a funny analogy. But any player who could remotely be acquired at the right price, the Chiefs are going to have the bones to pay up for that price. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see them be able to trump anyone 
up until active rosters are due or NFL trading deadline. Veach is going to have Veach is going to be able to add anything he wants um, when he wants to to make this roster better from now on out. And until then, there's tons of young players to evaluate, give them time, figure out. It's per, it's it is a perfect scenario here for for short term contention and long term contention, and I love it. Yeah, Th- this was. I was not thrilled with a lot of last year's picks. So it's not me just out here being a homer because last year I was not happy with Josh Ricando. I was not happy with Cornell Powell. I wasn't thrilled with Noah Gray. It is what it is, right? You're not going to be thrilled with every single draft, but this one just feels different. It feels different. Before we talk more Chiefs, before we talk some KC beer, I do want to say I had a question I wanted to touch on because I don't think it was in our outline. It was, did the Saints sign Matthew in time for the Chiefs to get a fourth rounder next year? Uh, My understanding is no. My understanding was the Saints waited until about a minute after the the pesky Saints uh, Mm -hmm. to sign Tyron Matthew, so the Chiefs should not be receiving that compensatory pick. But we will get to see some Tyron Matthew hands in the air because Dan Sorensen is still there. But you know what? I hope Dan Sorensen changes it and does it to Tyron. That's what I want to see. Ooh, I'd, I'd love it. Hey, who knew the Saints were going to sign two of our guys and we would sign two from the Houston Texans? Like, that that does not feel like a plan. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, let's say this. Uh, you know what does sound like a good plan? Casey Beer. And if you've been around here for a while, you'll know I'm never holding Casey Beer because I've never had Casey Beer until right this moment, as in earlier today. Uh, I finally got a chance to pick up some Casey Beer for myself. I got a little loaded prize pack. Um, I'm, I'm supposed to read some things about it and tell you all the things that you've already heard. Uh, something, something, German purity law, 1516. Something, something, malt, water, yeast, hops are the only ingredients. But let's skip that. Let me tell you this. Right now I'm drinking a Mai Buck, right? Which is like a beer hall favorite there. And I'll say this, I'm drinking this thing. It's a nice medium lager. And then after a while, you're like, oh, there's a little bit of spicy hop going on. There's also like a little bit of really nice, sweet caramel notes to it. And I'm just thinking, I get why this is the beer hall favorite. This is the kind of beer that you're like going through the nuances of the flavor and going, I get why there's the hype. So they're our sponsor. So we're supposed to talk about it. But if someone had just said, here, here's your beer for the night, I would be going, what is this? Let me t- let me hear more about it because it's just good. Not only do we love good beer, but they're just good people. So if you're into helping us out, give them a shout. Better yet, give them a try. If you've never had KC beer like me, hop on the train. You're going to love it. Um, and uh, hopefully it's it's in your area. And if not, maybe try to request it. Go to the Go to the grocer, find the manager, track him down, put your finger in his face and poke him in the chest until he says he's going to order KC beer. Anyway, uh, back to the show. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. Dare to beer different. Uh, let's talk some Chiefs. Let's do it, man. All right. Over the draft, what was your favorite pick? And I'm not going to even throw a caveat. I'll let you pick anyone you want. I'm not going to make you pick a seventh rounder. What was your favorite seventh rounder? I'm not going to make you do that. You can pick anyone, Matt. Who was your favorite pick from this draft? Would would be my favorite seventh. So so let let me say this before we get into the personal picks. Let me set this up. Normally when Normally when a new general manager is hired, it's win. It's January, right? January, February, after the season. A team decides we suck. They hire a guy so they don't suck. Then the draft is like four months later. And so generally, the first draft class for a GM, you're like, 
oh, well, he only had a couple months with his new team, and he's trying to get to know the scouts, and they're trying to get their big board in order. And so most GMs, if if it goes bad, they get a pass. But remember this, Brett Veach took hold of the Chiefs like in the middle of 2017. Clark Hunt's Clark Hunt let John Dorsey go, leave walk his contract early. Brett Veach took over, and not only was he already in the front office, but had a whole year. So Brett Veach does not deserve any pass whatsoever on his first draft class, and it still sucked, right? It's Breland Speaks. It's it's Armani Watts is like your second best guy. I mean, it's not good by any measure. It's a, it's a disastrous class. Two right? scoops of ass. There it is. So... Here's what I want to say, but I'm, I'm saying all that to say this. Brett Beach was a, that year was a horrible draft class. No way about it. From the first pick of Breland Speaks to the last, right? Then we've seen some other classes that are like, all right, uh, the McCall Hardman, there was the Tyreek Hill drama around it. So you're like, maybe there's a pass there. Then he spends a first round pick on Clyde and you're like, eh, whatever you think about that. Let's get this straight. Last year, he hit a home run with Creed Humphrey. Nick Bolden, Trey Smith. But this year, dare I say, it might be even better than last year, right? We're looking at, this is a scary thing. We're looking at a GM who is getting remarkably better at his job going forward on a team that's already the favorites to go to the Super Bowl every year. If this team learns how to add killer young talent, they already know how to acquire talent. They already know how to they, like. They already got the trades and the veteran and the free agency thing down. If they can get this down, it's over. I went from thinking Patrick Mahomes may get five or seven Super Bowls to like two or three because we haven't won. But if Beach gets this down, Patrick Mahomes is going to win twenty Super Bowls, and we're going to erase Tom Brady from every record that he's ever held. So I'm just saying that now. I just want to get that out. I am so hype on this draft. We're going to win 20 Super Bowls. That's They're going to rename it the Brett Veach Trophy. Vic Lombardi is a no one compared to what Andy <laughs> Reid is going to be in the NFL. Anyway. Skip Bayless. What? What? Skip Bayless is now right. talking football? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, what's your um, – so who's your favorite player? I'll flip it on you because I just got done talking. Mm, that's fine. I, man, you're an ass for doing that. I've gone back and forth, okay? I've gone between Leo Chanel, Sky Moore, and George Karloftis, but I'm going to go with George Karloftis, okay? I, I'm going with him almost in spite of some people. Half of people think that he's going to be this game wrecker because he was in college because he is so polished at a young age. Sure, he has horrible bend in his hips, right? He's horrible bend. He's He's a Mack truck. He gets downhill. He's going to try and bulldoze dudes. I understand. The Chiefs need some of that, though, okay? I understand his upside might not be as high as some other guys. Agreed. But the Chiefs needed someone who can come in day one and produce. He can't do that. If the Chiefs went with Boye Mafe, we have no idea what to, to expect. And by the way, Mafe is about to be 24 years old. George K is 21. So for all the people that say George K is a finished product, Hold your horses. This young Hercules-looking motherfucker is only 21. <laughs> he's going to get better. Like, I, he's massive. He's huge. He's got these extremely strong hands. He played in a very good conference. I just don't understand this. Well, he, he he's good now, so he's a finished product. I still think he can get better, and 
He's one of the most day one ready prospects out there, especially someone you're going to find at 30. That's why I'm so excited because the Chiefs had a massive hole at edge. They found somebody who can come in immediately and fill at least one of those holes. Yeah, I, I, I just want to highlight this. I, I, um, I just got off the phone earlier yesterday with, um, with Coach Hagen, Brian Hagen from Purdue, the defensive line coach for George Karloftis, right? So I was like, hey, man, hey man I, I feel like your boy Karloftis here, he's um, – I didn't really say that. I didn't say your boy Karloftis. I said, I said, hey, I feel like George is being a little bit undersold here. He's a first-round prospect. The Chiefs are banking on him to, to play big reps immediately. They spent a first-round pick, you know, whatever about him. And he said, look, here's the thing about George. He said, you know, we like we all know that Karloftis broke out big time his rookie, his freshman year, right? Like 17 tackles for a loss as a freshman. The guy was a national sensation be, like because of it because he was coming up big in the Big Ten. But then the next year is the COVID year, so it's already abbreviated. He gets COVID, sits out, comes back, has a high ankle sprain, nurses that, comes back too early from that, is not the same. So that's a lost year of development in his sophomore year when he should be building on it. So he goes from, I'm a national sensation to, shit, that's a lost year. Comes back his third year. Here's what Coach Hagen told me. He said when he came back in his third year, what he heard was he'd been a sensation, and he could be again, but all he is is like a bulldozer. He's just like, he's all power and no speed. So they said this last year, he was trying to become a speed rusher early on. So they said he's always sitting up too high. He's like getting off his game. He's not getting the production because he's trying to change who he is to lift to live up to this like draft hype and for the pros. So Coach Hogan was telling me, hey, we had to coach him down for about half the season to finally get him to be again what he was going to be. So he's just now like he's able to legally drink in the same month that he was drafted, right? He's like he's only 21. He's now going to the pros. He's had one year of really being like himself, one lost year due to injury COVID, and then one year where he was like letting everything in his head affect his game and take him off of it. And he's still a first round pick. So here's what I th- I'm I, I love your pick as your favorite pick here because it's like I think anyone who undersells his potential, his ceiling, is really missing out on the script or the story that got him to this point. And he's still so freaking young. I think the floor is high, but I think the ceiling is higher with a guy like this. And I, I appreciate that conversation and perspective because it told me a little bit more than than I than I already knew. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty stoked to see him. So there's my guy. Sky Moore was up there because I think Sky Moore is also a day one ready prospect at wide receiver. He doesn't yeah. have like George Pickens, right? George Pickens is supposed to be this freak athlete, incredible, but there's a reason why he was dropping. We might not ever fully understand the reason why he dropped so much, but there's obviously a reason. Sky Moore has massive hands. He might not be the most athletic guy in the draft, right? Which is crazy because he's, he's fast, but he's a good route runner. Uh, we don't have a ton of film on him because were you watching? Uh, I forget the school. It's a t- what was it? Western Michigan or something like that, right? Yeah, and, yeah, Western. Uh, like we don't have a ton of film on him, but PFF loved him, right? Pro Football Focus yeah. loved him. He is a very good route runner, and that's what the Chiefs need. They need someone who's a good route runner. McCole Hardman, we've seen the speed guys. That's fine and dandy. But sometimes you just need to get open. Travis Kelsey is not the most athletic tight end. It's getting open. And I love that Sky Moore pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Sky Moore. If if I had to choose my favorite, I'll say this. And, and it may be an obvious answer. But I love 
the Trent McDuffie pick. Like I, I love it. Like I love my own son. It's been, it's been since Marcus Peters was on this team that we had the level of cornerback that McDuffie brings to this mix. It, like we've been getting by with spare parts. And I think, I think then you think, oh, then we're good because we're quote getting by. But I think when McDuffie hits the field, even in week one, I think everyone's eyes are going to be open of like, oh yeah, I forgot what a, what like a top flight corner does for a defense. We just don't know. Spags has never had one. Not Kendall Fuller, not Bashad Breeland, not Charverius Ward, not Rashad Fenton, not even Legereus Sneed for that matter. McDuffie's McDuffie's intelligence, his instincts, his quick like his agility, quickness, speed, fluidity, like it's all part of the it's all such a part of the like elite package that Brett Veach was like, we just didn't even think he'd be there. I mean, it was like you're talking about a top ten or twelve overall talent, he should be gone. If he's a top corner, he should be gone. Sauce Gardner gone at four. Derek Stingley gone at three. Like if he if he's up there with an elite corner, he wasn't supposed to be there. So then Veach finally he drops to like 19, 20, 21. And Veach is like, hell, I guess I'm moving up because like someone's gonna want to like you gotta take a guy like that. So I love him. And again, I'll say this. I, I wrote this. Everyone can read it on Arrowhead Addict. We wrote, um, you know, I was talking to his positional coach too, um, Will Harris from the University of Washington. I, you know, I think we all know by now, Washington defensive backs are incredible. They're incredible. I mean, they had a they had a first and a second round pick this year. Um, and Kyler Gordon was the other one to go with with Trey McDuffie. We're talking Marcus Peters. We're talking Elijah Mold, Holden, uh, Elijah Molden. We're talking uh, Taylor Rapp. We're talking uh, Keith Trailer. What? Um, anyway, so I'm talking to Will Harris, who has coached all these guys, right? And he and uh, so I said, I said, look, every you know. Coach, every guy like thinks their guy's like the guy and deserves to go sure. higher and the, and the whatever, right? He goes, he goes. Look, I'm going to tell you what I told every coach and every general manager who would call me. He's like, I know what those guys look like. I've been coaching NFL level elite guys. I know what they look like at the college ranks. We coach them every year, and this year it's Trent and Kyler. They're going to go like like that's just what they do. It's a pipeline. And so he said, I know what these guys look like. And so I told everyone who would ask me, I was like, go up and get him because Trent, the way, the way Trent looks against these guys, he's better. So if they're already good, we already know what they turn out to be. Trent's the real deal, even compared to these other pro guys. And I was like, all right, I'm convinced I'm in. And we just haven't had that level of dynamism at corner for so long that I'm, I'm, I'm just overly stoked to add him to the mix. And it was a position of need. Perfect. Uh, we'll get to Justin Ross in just a second. I see a lot of those comments. We will touch on Justin Ross. Tr- trust me. We, we want to talk about him as well. I, I do want to, I guess, let's say some devil's advocate here, some skepticism. We've, we've been very excited for a lot of good reasons. I think Trip McDuffie is going to be incredible. Don't get me wrong. Is there any concern though, at least with the cornerback position, there is so much volatility. You look at Jeff Akuda, the Ohio State guy, who was a can't-miss prospect, right? Yeah. Sure, he got hurt, but in his limited action, was not looking very good. C.J. Yeah. Henderson, right? He was a top 15, top 10 draft pick. Yeah, uh, top 9 or 10. Yeah, Jeff Gladney, right? Remember, Jeff Gladney from TCU was supposed to be a very good cornerback uh, yeah. prospect as well. So is there any concern that you're like, you know what? He looks incredible, but this position, there is so much volatility. I want to at least tamper expectations, at least starting off. Sure, sure. I think that's true for any rookie, right? 
it's it's true for I mean, look, when the Chiefs grabbed Clyde Edwards Elaire, you're like, oh, it's a luxury pick, but at least he's the first running back in this draft. And you're like, well, too bad we didn't take Jonathan Taylor, right? Or I mean, you, like it uh, it's I, with- I, I, <laughs> or uh the dude for the Jags who was undrafted, James Robinson. Right. You could have right. used that first round pick on someone else. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, all, you know, all I'm saying is all I'm saying is you could give that same, you know, sort of like let's make a caveat about any position in the draft because they're all draft picks unknown. It's true for Carl Loftus, it's true for Sky yeah. Moore, it's true for whatever, right? Ryan Leaf. It's true for Ryan, it's true for <laughs> it's true for quarterback, right? So so I you know, I I um I get what you're saying. Cornerback is a volatile position. And so, like, nothing is a guarantee. But I think the skill set here, he's a long-term starter in a pro-level system that kicks out, like, the talent is kind of automatic there. And um, and the Chiefs haven't had that in so long. I just think there's real potential here for everyone to go, oh, my gosh, I forgot what, like, an exceptional cornerback can look like and do, and I'm excited to see that for myself. No, I'm with you. I just wanted to play a little other side of the coin there. No, that's great. You're right. You're right. I like nuance. And Listeners, for the Airhead Attic Podcast, we are doing a monthly contest giveaway for our listeners this month, giving away a Patrick Mahomes jersey, multiple ways to get entry. So check out the link in the description to find out how to enter terms and conditions apply i'm pretty sure it ends friday if i'm not mistaken um friday right. get it in this week let's do it now let's get into the justin ross bonanza what's your initial takeaway on justin ross okay okay i'm gonna say something here and people are gonna accuse me of hating justin ross and i want to be real clear i am glad the kansas city chiefs signed justin ross i'm glad i'm glad right now let me say this I have also seen dozens of people on Twitter, which let's be honest, Twitter is not exactly the exceptional class of us all, right? Like, whatever. But I've seen multiple people on Twitter posting that ju- like they, when they make their 53-man roster guesses or when they say these six wide receivers will probably be the six in September, I see more listings of Justin Ross there as if he wasn't just – Let's just say let's just say straight facts. I'm not saying anything in I'm not saying anything false here. 32 teams just spent 3 days using 250 plus other picks except for Justin Ross, right? Mm-hmm. No one chose him, no one wanted him. The Chiefs didn't want him. Let me say that again. No one wanted Justin Ross enough to spend a round 4, round 5, round 6 or round 7 pick. No one made him Mr. Irrelevant. There were three punters drafted. There's long snapper. I, I don't know how else to say this than to give people perspective on, look, he may be everything we thought he would be, but there's like neck issues, spine issues, foot issues in his past. He tore his ACL in high school. There's like a litany of injuries here and a reason why people took him off the board. Now today, today, Brett Beach said – Hey, our guys cleared him. That's great with us. We brought him in. If that's the case, it could be huge. Could be huge. Could being the the key word there, right? So, I think what we need to I think what we need to say here is we don't know what Ross is going to look like when healthy. It's been a while. We don't know what he's going to look like in a pro camp. We don't right now. There are other wide receivers by the name of Gary Jennings Jr. I'm not making these up. And Omar Bayless. Those are also wide receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, Justin Ross is more 
Gary Jennings Jr., than he is Juju Smith-Schuster, right? So let's be really clear. If we start to hear positive reports or see flashes on tape from rookie minicamp and OTAs, then I think there's going to be real reason to get excited. But right now, I think it's like, oh, that's a smart signing, and that's all I think that there is to say about it. I think it's a very smart, shrewd signing, and I also think he has an uphill climb, especially this season. He's probably not going to play special teams, and that's going to be a detriment to him. I don't think the Chiefs want a guy with a spinal injury and coming off a major foot injury to be playing on special teams. He's not going to be – it's not Juju, MVS, or Miko Hardman, right? Like, so he has an uphill climb to make the roster. I think this year could be more of a red shirt year, if you will, because currently only MVS is technically under contract for the upcoming – or the year after, yeah. right? So yeah. maybe it's more of a red shirt year. This is a get healthy season. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Am I optimistic because of his previous highlights? 100%, right? You see those highlights. He was better than T. Higgins, right? Like, he was yeah. the guy. Not yeah. a guy. He was the guy. So sensational. It's difficult to not get excited when you see those highlights, but also guys have highlights. I mean, Joshua Kando, if you looked at like it's high, I mean, it's high school, but still his high school tape, which is only what a year different from his freshman tape for Justin Ross. He was the next best deal. Joshua Kando was, and then he was hurt all through college. No one knew what he is now. And we haven't seen anything of him. A lot of guys, yeah. they, they, they flame out. And I don't want to compare this to a, to a baseball reference here, but is it like a Mondesi situation consistently getting hurt? Not saying he's injury prone because those injuries sometimes are beyond your control. Yeah. Mondesi tore his ACL trying to get back to first base. I'm not saying all of his injuries are his fault. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm not saying he's soft. I'm just saying some guys, they're unlucky. Is Justin Ross just unlucky? I will say too, I am nervous. I would be petrified if he got paralyzed because of his spinal injuries, yeah. you know, like do, do other teams take that into consideration? I will say Brett Veach said it, the Kansas City Chiefs, their medical organization, they're top notch. That's yep. top notch. They would not take that risk unless they thought there was something there. Same thing with Trey Smith last year. No other team wanted it, at least before the sixth round, wanted to take a, a chance on Trey Smith. That worked out pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, as far as an undrafted situation goes, this was basically best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was great. I think we maybe would have seen Justin Ross get drafted if, you know, if, if uh, I think, it, you know, maybe his agent was calling around telling people not to, you know, maybe take him in the seventh, you know, to allow for some control there. Brett Veach said today that they used their seventh round picks on defensive backs because he didn't think they could get defensive backs to sign undrafted contracts because they'd already drafted one in the first and the fourth. So he said, I didn't think the agents would send their guys our way because we already had young guys competing. So we drafted those guys so we'd control them. So maybe there would have been a seventh round sort of flyer taken on Justin Ross. I don't know. I, I love, I like the addition. I think it has great potential. Of course, everyone should be happy. I just think anyone saying he's going to make the active roster in September right now is, is really overblowing it. And, and, and again, run, running with something they should. And again, I think a lot of it comes down to special teams. I think you really need to take that totally. into account. And I talked about it today on the radio show that I do on ESPN Kansas City. I said the, the, the Chiefs could have drafted more defensive backs for special teams. They want to get more physical. I, I truly believe the Chiefs are trying to send a message. 
they were known as a finesse team for such a long time. And sure, yeah. you may be finesse when you have Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, right? They're, they're not taking a lot of contact. But look at the updated offensive line. That's nasty. Eric Fisher was a finesse left tackle. Orlando Brown Jr., he is not. Look at right tackle. Mitchell Swartz was a technician, one of mm-hmm. the best right, ta- right, uh, right tackles in football. Right tackle, sure, not the same talent level as Mitchell Swartz, but they're getting nasty. Same thing across the whole offensive line. They brought in Ronald Jones Jr. That's a physical back. I, I think, and so, you look at the cornerbacks, even some of the later guys they drafted, they're 6'3", 6'2". Leo Chanel, look at the linebacking core. They've invested heavily. The, the safeties they brought in, the guy from Cincinnati hits hard Brian Cook. He lays the wood. Like, they let go of Tyron Matthew because I think they thought, you know what? He's not putting his nose in there anymore. Dan Sorensen's not what he once was. Dan Sorensen used to put his nose in there, not anymore. So let's go out and get guys like Deion Bush, Justin Reed. Let's get younger, more physical. I think Kansas City is making a concentrated effort to become a much more physical team. Yeah. You got to think somewhere in some waste paper basket at Arrowhead, there's like a piece of paper with the word business decisions written on it, wadded up and thrown in, in the, some trash can. Like, yeah, we're, we're done with some, we're done with any player who says he's making business decisions out there on the field uh, as part of like their draft overall mantra. Wait, let me say this. Uh, you know, we notice a lot in the comments. We try, we try to say, "Hey, it's always great to see some familiar faces there," um, and answer questions. If you're listening, if you want to leave us a review, that's always great. We we'd love to answer any questions there, like that, it, that you may want to leave with the, with the review. We'll read the review on on air um, at a po- like at our next podcast and answer your question. Um, but also, just know we have memberships. Uh, if you want to be a part of the AA family, uh, you get access to things like uh, private hangouts. Um, we have an, our own private Discord channel um, where we talk about movies and beer and music and books and, of course, all things Chiefs. Um, we have happy hours, um, and we're even talking about maybe some giveaways there for members only. Of course, there's all kinds of special emojis and whatnot, too, but it's a great place to meet other Chiefs fans. It's a great place just to talk about your favorite team, um, and we all hang out in there, including Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, some others. So, um, anyway, if that is of interest to you, um, just know that you can... Check your link about joining in the description of wherever or however you get this podcast. And of course, we appreciate your support. Well, we've been talking all about the draft and, and even, you know, Justin Ross after the draft. Sterling, I just want to ask, like, what do you make of this Melvin Ingram um, UFA tender situation? First of all, do you think Melvin Ingram is is like guaranteed to be back? Um, how do you feel about the position if he is back? Um, and what if he's not? Oh, man. You know what they say when you assume. You make an ass out of you and me. So I'm assuming this means Melvin Ingram is going to be uh, going to be back, and I'm hoping it is not make an ass out of me. <laughs> I think he's fine, right? I, I, he seems to be a guy that a lot of Chiefs fans, not all, but a lot of Chiefs fans hold up in very high esteem. He was very good with the Chargers for an extended period of time. He's older. And even last year, to an extent, he was just basically fine. He showed up in big moments, so your mind is drawn to him, right? That game against the Broncos, he saved that game. So your mind is drawn to that. It's definitely fair to say. It also is fair to say, at times, he was the best edge guy on Kansas City. Not saying that he's great. It's saying that's how bad the room was. With Karloftis, you have, I think, one spot set. I don't know if I want Frank Clark getting 100%. He's not getting 100 
the majority of the snaps at one of the edge spots. He's fine, but he is what he is. He's a solid run defender. He can set the edge. But what have we seen him do when it comes to getting after the quarterback? Not shit. I I mean, if you wanted to even do a timeshare where you keep Melvin Ingram fresh, sure, teams might see it coming. But who cares if you actually can get pressure? That's pressure. You have a lot better secondary. They spent so much capital in investing (laughs) in the secondary. Let's get some coverage sacks. I like Melvin Ingram. He's not great. He is what he is at his age. He doesn't want to do OTAs, doesn't want to do training camp. He wants to show up game one and rush the quarterback. I'm fine with it. Bringing back Melvin Ingram is fine, but if they don't bring him back, then I'm going to have a lot of questions because right now this is not looking good. Yeah, I I, I just want to real fast update. I, I, think, I think there's some confusion about the UFA tender. And maybe I'm confused about the UFA tender, but from what I understand, the, the, the best way I know, the UFA tender is a weird, randomly or like rarely used scenario, this tag. But it does not mean, I th- I, like I've seen this wrong in several places, it does not mean the Chiefs are going to re-sign Melvin Ingram. It does not. It does not guarantee anything at all. What it means is, is Melvin Ingram is free to sign with anyone he wants before training camp. And if he does, the Chiefs get a compensatory pick. Mm-hmm. Then, by July 22nd or training camp, whichever's later, then he can only sign with the Chiefs after that. So it's almost a way of saying, hey, make up your mind. You, like, you, like we got to know by training camp what you're doing. You can't just keep us waiting around or we'll remove your options for doing so. Mm-hmm. So, like, just know... Those of you who are like, oh, the Chiefs tagged him somehow with a free agent tag. You can't just randomly tag a free agent and make him come back to you. Otherwise, that would be happening all the time. <laughs> this, this just means they'll get a compensatory pick, and they're kind of they're kind of putting the impetus on him, going, "Hey, make up your mind. Don't just you can't just be a thirty-something pass rusher who like walks into Arrowhead in September and goes, I'm ready to play and and sign with or, or use them as leverage in that way. So yeah. um, anyway, I, that's what's going on. I, I, I don't can, know. Can I touch on something really quickly? I, I yeah. want to touch on something because I, I briefly touched on this with Daniel Harms. Uh, I actually got Jack stack with him and we went over this. Uh, he's talked about it in some articles, but Leo Chanel could potentially be a guy they use in pass rut situations. I saw mm-hmm. um, Jim mint city collectibles. Uh, thank you. I've seen you commenting on this. I appreciate you guys' support. Yeah, you think that he might be used to create pressure as well, and I agree. I think that could be a potential situation. Brett Veach didn't want to reach for an edge, but I would also be surprised if he only drafted George Karloftis and said, that's it, we're done at this spot on the the defensive line. I think he probably would envision, at least in some scenarios, using Leo in that that case. I love that he had eight sacks last year, Um, so certainly he is used to being a blitzing linebacker as being a part of that. Spags is going to love that, obviously. A guy that good, you know, to be deployed from, an, from the second level. Um, I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, hopefully we see that. Christian Barrera says Leo Chanel is going to be solid for us, but I also think most of the rookies we drafted will be. Totally agree with you. Um, Nate S says Leo Chanel is slippery around blocks and reads the play. Rush lanes well. He can definitely be a blitzer. Jim Min City Collectibles says Chanel's RAS score, um, which kind of measures total yeah. athleticism. It was absurd, by the way. Fucking yeah. absurd. Okay, the Crazy. Chiefs went from like Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman to Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and Leo. Like, it went from like, hey, let's be like slow and let's try and use our mind to 
be in the right spots to now fuck that. We're getting after it. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. And I like I just think um these guys with those kind of instincts, remember last year we were talking about that with Nick Bolton before the season. We're like he may not run as fast, but his like his instincts, you know, are whatever. Well, some of these guys run that fast and their instincts are you know, Nick like Bolton was always in the backfield disrupting things, whatever. I think some of these guys, uh, like McDuffie Karloff, the same sort of instincts, maybe with even a, even better athletic profile, like Leo Schnell, uh, Brent Cook. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna see this at multiple positions and go. This whole unit is transformed. And, and again, I feel I don't want to seem like a homer here. Okay, I really don't because I was not this excited about last year's draft. I was not. This just feels different. I feel like I keep having to throw that caveat in here because I don't want to be known as the guy who's like, anything Brett Veach does, I'm 100% behind. That's not the case. I was thoroughly infuriated when they spent a first-round draft pick on Clyde. And guess what? Matt Connor, we talked to Clyde. We like Clyde. Very nice human being. Honestly, pretty solid running back. He's had some bad luck. We we talked. He's been hurt. Basically not had a full offseason his entire NFL career. But any running back in the first round, I was going to be upset with, right? Yep. This draft just feels different. It does. Yeah, totally. Totally and completely could not agree more. I just think it's going to be as good as this feels. Wait a year or two when these guys are just like the core guys. It's just going to be another story. Do you know who Rex Hudler is? Yeah. You know, the announcer for the Royals? Yeah. I just really wish he would sometime do a Chiefs game because I'd love him to say, like, when McDuffie makes a tackle, oh, McDuffie is toughy. Like, that is 100% (laughs) something Rex Hudler would say. Or, oh, wow, look at Sky Moore. Sky Moore for that ball. Like, I I would love to see Rex Hudler call a Chiefs game just for the names alone. Love it. Love it. We need some of those nicknames, too. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. You're you're Maddie C, dude. I don't I don't make the rules. It just flows. You just flow with the rule. All right, Lonnie Johnson. <laughs> hey, earlier this week, uh, wrap up the show. Let's talk uh, just about the latest Chiefs acquisition. The Chiefs draft Trent McDuffie. The Chiefs draft Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State in the fourth. The Chiefs draft Jalen Watson in the seventh. Then the Chiefs draft Nazir Johnson, if I have that right, in the seventh. I think that's right. Oh, it was off the top of my head, so I may have these. Uh, Nazi Johnson, that's it. And um, there's other corners invited to, like, rookie minicamp. And then, in case that's not enough, Brett Veach throws a 2024 seventh-round pick, which is essentially just going, like, <laughs> sure, if you want to break into my car Less for the my change. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, sure, I found this in my couch. You can have it. For Lonnie Johnson – like, what do you do? You have any thoughts at all about Lonnie Johnson joining the Chiefs from the Houston Texans? Let's do positives and negatives. Negatives, if you look at Pro Football Focus, which again, if I want to be consistent here, I think they're a good resource. They had him ranked as basically the worst. Like he was ninety three out of ninety three. Now, again, take PFF what you will. And if you want some context, you could also say, well, guess what? Justin Reed didn't rate out very well. Tyron Matthew didn't rate out well at all. Um, If you want some more, you would say the Texans were a dumpster fire from the top down. The entire organization was horrendous. If you want some more context, Chiefs fans have a vivid memory of him getting absolutely torched by Travis Kelsey. Well, guess what? He was one-on-one against Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the NFL, the entire game. No help. What do you think was going to happen? Anyone would get torched. Jalen Ramsey would get torched by Travis Kelsey. There was no chance. He stood no chance. 
Yeah. I'm fine with the signing. I'm fine with the trade. A seventh conditional, whatever, 2024, that's nothing. Love it. Love it. If anything, if anything, it's training camp depth. If anything, this is a flyer on a former second-round draft pick who played in the SEC. The Chiefs took a flyer on a former first in Mike Hughes, on a former first in DeAndre Baker. Why not throw out and try and get something from a former second-round draft pick? Like, it's okay. If he doesn't make the roster, doesn't matter. Yeah. If he does, then Brett Veach looks smart. You know, I do think scheme. I think team. I think it all matters. I think he does have some sort of familiarity with Justin Reed. So that's obviously a, a, a positive, you know, situation right there. I guess in a nutshell, it's it's fine. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the perfect response. I also think you're right about um, it being smart for Veach. Um, earlier today, Brett Veach uh, spoke with reporters and gave us the first update. We, I don't think any of us knew that Rashad Fenton was actually like injured and rehabbing right now. And it's a shoulder injury. And he says he hopes he's ready for training camp, uh, which is still a ways away. So that means there's some doubt about Fenton. At that point, at that point, I get it. Because and, and and all the acquisitions also make sense. Because if you think about it, Legereus Sneed is the only corner without questions. Trent McDuffie, he's still a rookie. Maybe there's some adjustment questions there, right? If Fenton is injured, that's some questions. DeAndre Baker, you're going to trust him with major playing time? Then you got a bunch of rookies. I mean, I, I totally understand why you'd go – you know what? Give me one more experienced player to throw into the mix here. Um, and and Veach also said, hey, he's a guy. I mean, he didn't say the Texans suck, but he did say, look, they switched him from corner to safety, back to corner, back to safety. When you're doing that for a dysfunctional organization, the switching head coaches and the switching defensive coordinators and trading away all their possible talent, it makes sense why you would take a flyer on a second rounder. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's great. I think it's a great move. It feels crowded back there, and I love any position that feels crowded. Love it. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. The, the Chiefs lost their best cornerback in Chevarius Ward. Yeah. But Chevarius Ward was an undrafted guy. Rashad Fenton was a six-round guy. Legereus Sneed is a fourth-round guy. They can find guys that fit this system well. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden Lonnie Johnson, he was traded for a conditional seventh. Don't be surprised if, um, you know – a dude drafted in the seventh round ends up making the roster and having an impact. Like Brett Veach, Spags, they know what they want in the secondary and they find a way to make it work. Before we get out of here, I do want to say we saw some nice comments that I, at least that I saw on uh, the podcast page. Want to say thank you to Not a Baby Anymore, entertaining and insightful. Appreciate that. Great perspective from H. St. Uh, Beedry, B E D. B-E-H-D-R-H. Appreciate that. Absolute favorite podcast from U-S-N-H-A-X. And finally, a review. Thanks for the five stars from AC Martin 33 Astonishing. Five stars from Cope underscore 2001. We haven't done this in a while, and I just want to say thank you, guys. Um, we really appreciate that. That does mean a lot, honestly. It really does. Um, if you guys want to try Casey Beer, we could not recommend it anymore. It is fantastic, and it really helps us out when you send them and tag us and tag them every time you drink it. It really does make a difference. And I will say, glad the Chiefs didn't trade up to draft a wide receiver, and they didn't trade the Giants to, gra- to draft Bradbury. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah, this has, been, this has been a good week. It's been a good week for the Chiefs. Uh, and it's good to see you, Sterling. You're looking dapper. 
I'm assuming you're moving houses left and right, looking like that. I tried to sell Lonnie Johnson. He didn't respond, okay? I reached out to him. Lonnie, if you want your front Lonnie and your back Lonnie <laughs> to look good, see Sterling Holmes at realestate.com. I'll take us out of here. My name is Matt Connor. <laughs> I'm at Matt Connor AA. Doesn't matter. You don't need to follow me. There's nothing interesting there. However, at Homestretch KC, listen to Sterling Holmes on the radio uh, at ESPN Radio. What time's your show, by the way? Uh, three to four, Monday through Friday, ESPN Kansas City. Love it. Love it. For Sterling and myself, we'll be back next Tuesday. If you stay tuned later this week, I'll actually be back on Thursday because Matt Verderam is out after the draft uh, for a little bit of a vacation, I think. Um, Patrick can't make it. Our buddy Josh Briscoe from Almost Entirely Sports and the Times Hours podcast uh, from The Athletic will be here, also editor at Arrowhead Report. So if you love all things Josh Briscoe, which you totally should. You should. He'll be here on Thursday with me for a great show. Trust me on that one. So until then, we'll see you and go Chiefs. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.